the National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. tonight, Play for Keeps. At five minutes past midnight on December 12th, several years ago, Sheriff Bob Smithers of Bradshaw County, Texas, staged a raid on a gambling establishment located on a country road. But there were no patrons in the house, and the sheriff's face grew dark red as he and the local constable failed to find any evidence. Nothing in the upstairs room either, Sheriff. You're sure of that, huh, Jim? Not even a deck of cards. See, Sheriff, like I told you, I quit the racket. Yet this is the fourth time this year you rousted me out of bed. I know you're operating, Walton. And I'm going to get you for it. You're not going to milk the citizens of this county. Not while I'm Sheriff. Look, Sheriff, this happens to be my house. Warrant or no warrant, you finished your business here. How about getting out? I guess we might as well go, Sheriff. No, Jim. We're going to stay a minute. I want to talk to Walton. And you. About what? I was sure of this raid tonight, Jim. Dead sure. Just like I've been sure the last three times. Because only you and me ever knew about him. I didn't tell nobody but you, Jim. You, the constable. <laughs> Sounds like he's accusing you of tipping me off, Dunn. I know he tipped you, Walton. You better watch what you're saying, Bob. All that talk about law and order and wanting to uphold him. Let me see your wallet, Jim. Take it out and let me see it. Now, wait a minute, Sheriff. You shut up. Come on, Jim. I want to see if you're carrying the kind of money an honest man gets for being a peace officer. What I carry on me is my own business. Why, you cheap two-bit snake. Nothing cheap about a few hundred once in a while. Be smart, Sheriff. Get a few for yourself. Why don't you listen to him, Sheriff? He's talking sense. Come on, both of you. I'm taking you in. You can't make anything stick. Maybe not. But I'm going to make this county too hot for both of you. I'm going to run you out of it. Keep your hands off me, Sheriff. You're under arrest. Grab me one. I just got it. Just hold it, fool, while I get his gun. I got it. Done. Done you. You killed him. No, no. No, you killed him. You grabbed his gun and killed him. He was after you, Walton. I got a gun of my own, and I'm the constable. Are you set me up for a frame? Not necessarily, Walton. It's up to you. His body could be moved out of here. What's your play? What do you want? No more chicken mash. Fifty percent of your take, and you can go right on operating. With him dead, you crazy fool? You're forgetting something, Walton. I'm top dog now. And investigating this murder will be my job until a new sheriff is appointed. <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to be able to solve it. Oh. 
body of Sheriff Smithers was found the next morning, dumped in a ditch by the side of an old wagon road. During the next few days, Constable Jim Dunn conducted a seemingly honest but fruitless investigation, even following the efficient peace officer's routine of making use of the state lab facilities at Austin. But citizens of Bradshaw were not satisfied, nor was the editor of the Bradshaw Times. Clippings of his editorials were on file with Captain Stinson of the Texas Rangers, and the captain sent for Ranger Jace Pearson. You want to see me, Captain? Yeah, Jace, sit down. There's no acting sheriff appointed by the court of Bradshaw County here, Jace. I think you better take over. About the killing of Sheriff Smithers? Mm-hmm. I'd like to. I knew Smithers. See, that's right. You worked with him about five years ago. When he first took office. Cleaned that county up in three months and cleaned it good. Well, it doesn't look like it stayed clean, Jace. Not according to this editorial clipping from the Bradshaw Times. I've read it. It's going to be a tough one, Jace. No clue to the killer, and the trail has had a couple of days to cool off. Well, then I'd better get going before it gets any cooler. You'll hear from me. Uh, Jace? Yeah, Captain? I just want to remind you, whoever did it doesn't hesitate to kill a man wearing a badge. I reached Bradshaw in the early morning. The town was waking up, and the Bradshaw Times was turning out its bi-weekly edition. I went in to see the editor, Frank Carlin. So you read my editorials, huh? Well, I'm glad no somebody's reading. Yeah, you got readers, all right. People been clipping them out and mailing them into our headquarters. Yeah, I guess there's always a handful of people to hold on. Wonder what the world would do without them. Everybody was so burned the day of the killing. Then in 48 hours, they want to forget it. Yeah, it's always that way. How about the constable, Jim Dunn? Oh, he's all right, I guess. But he's only been constable for a year. He just doesn't have the experience. It'll take the court a couple more days to decide on a new sheriff. I better knock out a story on you rangers coming in. Might wake the people up again. I'd rather you didn't, Mr. Carlin. I'll, I'll be around and they'll know soon enough. Oh, see what you mean. Want me to lay off the editorials for a while? If you don't mind. You know, the sheriff and I are on different sides of the fence politically, but he was an honest man and I liked him. I got a headline back there, all set and gathering dust. It says, Sheriff's Killer Caught. Ranger, give me a chance to use it. I found a place to park my horse trailer and put charcoal in the pasture. Then I headed for the constable's office and met Constable Jim Dunn. There are all the reports in my investigations, Ranger. You think I haven't done a good job, maybe those will change your mind. I even checked ballistics with the Austin lab. My being here isn't a criticism of you, Mr. Dunn. I'm here because I was sent until a new sheriff is appointed and to give you help. I've done everything possible. I've questioned almost a hundred people. I've checked alibis on more than a dozen possible suspects. It's all there. Yeah. Everything's here. Everything except the murderer. And that's the only thing I'm interested in seeing, Mr. Dunn. A little cooperation between us might clean it up. I'm... I'm sorry I blew, Ranger. It's been getting under my skin. This murder could have been committed by anybody. Some bum from a hobo jungle, some drunk anybody. We can't arrest anybody. We've got to arrest somebody. Somebody definite. 
Now, exactly where was the body found? Old Wagon Road bypasses town about two miles north. Is it fit for a car? Yeah, but you've got to go round about to get to it, almost 11 miles. You won't find nothing there, though. I'd like to take a look anyhow. Can't we cut cross-country on horses? Yeah, shorter, if you want it. I want to. My horse is in a pasture. I'll meet you at the edge of town in five minutes. body was found just a little further on. You can see the road now. Not much of a road left. No use for it anymore. The sheriff must have had some reason for using it if he came way out here. Hey, here we are. Oh, boy. Oh, charcoal. Oh, boy. And sheriff's car was found right over here by the side of the road. Where was he? Lying right beside it. Been dead about seven, eight hours when he was found. Who found him? Cowpoke looking for some strays. Mm, that's lucky. Otherwise, the body might have been here for a few days or even weeks before somebody came across it. Yeah. You get pictures of the position of the car and the body? Of course I did. Anything else? Yeah. Any exhibits? Cast of footprints? Anything like that? No. When I got the call, I brought a bunch of men out with me. I was excited, and I didn't think to stop them from tramping around. I can see why you'd be upset. Well, if there was anything to find, it's a cinch it isn't here now. Whether I would have wiped it out if your men hadn't. You want to go back to town? Yeah. I want to look at the car. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. How about the exhibits from the sheriff's body? I sent the bullets and the gun in. Your lab checking. Verified it was the sheriff's own gun. I'm talking about the clothes he was wearing. You've got those, haven't you? Sure I got them. I got all the evidence there was. You should have sent it all in. I want to look at that stuff, too. Well, let's step it up. Come on, Charlie. Get up! Get up. There's everything. All tagged. Everything the sheriff was wearing when he was killed. I see. And this the shirt he was wearing? You see the blood and bullet holes, don't you? Yeah. How come your lab didn't find any prints on the gun when I sent it in? It didn't even have the sheriff's own prints. It was wiped clean. Hmm. Well, this is kind of odd. What? Well, the sheriff was shot twice, and they dug one slug out of him. The other one passed clean through. Yeah, according to the coroner's report, one slug hit his collarbone. That stopped it. Yeah, that's what I mean. The course of the bullets. Both shots fired into the left side, just above the kidney. But the one that came through came out the right side of his shirt collar here, right through his neck. What about it? It's a funny course for a bullet to take, unless the man who fired the gun was lying down and fired up at the sheriff. Yeah, 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 that's what I figured, too. They must have had a fight for the gun. He got it, but the sheriff knocked him down and... No, no, that isn't the way it happened. How do you know? Because the sheriff wouldn't half turn his back on a man who'd just taken his gun. Besides, these powder burns show the gun was being held right against the shirt when it was fired. What do you think happened then? Well, the sheriff must have been in some position where he was bent over forward, which he wouldn't be unless somebody was holding him in that position. Here, stand in front of me for a minute. Now, you're back toward me. What are you going to do? Slip one hand under your arms and then up behind your head in a half Nelson and twist your other arm behind you in an arm lock and bend you over forward like this. Sheriff was held like I'm holding you now. The bullets were pumped into him. See what I mean? Now that 
That's just a guess. It's a guess I'm going to back up. And if the sheriff was held in a half Nelson and an arm lock, it tells us something else. That there were two men in on the murder. Unless the killer had three hands and used the third one to fire the gun. That's pretty smart figuring, Ranger. Only because it's the kind of figuring I've been doing for a long time. Uh-huh. Are these the photos that were taken at the scene? Yeah. The sheriff's body and the car. Uh, the car, the body moved any before these were taken? Nope. The car was right there, with the sheriff flat on his face beside it. And less than two feet away from it, his right side toward the car. Yeah. The bullet that passed through the sheriff came out on his right side. That means it should have hit the car. But there's no mark. I don't see that that helps us any. It helps plenty, Dunn. It tells us the sheriff wasn't killed out there. He was killed someplace else and brought out there. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Tonight, enjoy 90 minutes of great entertainment on the big show featuring Jimmy Durante, Ethel Merman, Fred Allen, and your unpredictable hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. Then, Theater Guild on the Air brings you Joan Fontaine and Ray Milland in the delightful comedy, The Major and the Minor. Later, enjoy the sparkling premiere performance of the Eddie Cantor Show, featuring recorded visits with such great show people as Al Jolson, Ted Lewis, Sophie Tucker, and Bill Robinson. Tonight, it's the big show... Theater Guild on the Air, and The Eddie Cantor Show. Here all three on NBC. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers, and tonight's case, Play for Keats, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I knew that Sheriff Smithers had been killed by two men, and that his body had been moved after the killing, but it wasn't nearly enough. It was evening before I figured out my next move, a move I didn't like to make. Evening, ma'am. Remember me? Why, it's Jace Pearson, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Been a long time, Mrs. Smithers. Oh, come in, Jace. Come in. I... I, I suppose you know about Bob. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I'm down here, I came by to pay my respects. Funny thing. First time Bob brought you through that door. I never reckoned you might be back someday. Looking for a man who killed him. I wish it could have been for another reason, ma'am. But Bob kept things working so well here, there seldom was any reason for a ranger to come visiting Bradshaw County. Ah, I know how you fellas keep working along. Can I offer you a bite to eat? Please, Jace. That'd be real fine, Miss Smithers. I knew it might help her and me if she could keep a little busy with her hands doing woman things in the kitchen. And I tried to eat, but kept remembering the man who'd sat across this same table from me five years before. Big, honest, stubborn, and unafraid. It's mighty nice of you to stop by, Jace. Bob would have been happy to see you sitting here again. He always said a man with a good appetite was right with the world. Ma'am, I guess Jim Dunn has already asked you, but do you have any ideas about who might have killed Bob? Oh, no. Everything went so well for a few years. 
All I know is last year or so, Bob was upset about gambling. He after anybody in particular? A man named Walton, Lou Walton, has a big house on the south road out of town. Bob always says it was a gambling house, but he could never catch Walton. You mean he raided the place? A couple of times. Last time was the night he was killed. Dunn didn't tell me about that. Bob was killed after he left there. Walton's, I mean. Dunn said they didn't find anything, so Bob started back to town. But he never got home. Mrs. Smithers. Hmm? I have to ask a favor. A favor I don't like to ask. I want to help, Jace, every way I can. I want your permission to have Bob's body exhumed for further examination. Is it necessary? I'm not satisfied with the examination that was made here. Uh, All right, Jace. I'd like to have a more thorough examination made for headquarters. I'm sending them the clothes Bob was wearing for lab check, and I don't want anybody to know about it for now. All right. You're going to get him, aren't you, Jace? I'm going to try awful hard, ma'am. Ranger, been waiting for you. Thought maybe you might have turned in for the night. I'm going to in a few minutes. I just came back to pick up the clothing exhibits. Well, I locked them away again. And dig them out. I want to send them on to Camp Mabry for lab tests. Well, all right. I'll give you a receipt for them. Okay. Done. Yeah. In those reports of yours, I didn't see any mention of a man named Lou Walton. Why should there be? I understand that Walton's a gambler and that you helped Smithers raid his place the night Smithers was killed. Now, here are the exhibits. You're thinking way out of line on Walton. His alibi's airtight. According to who? According to me. I was with him all night after Smithers left the place. You didn't come back to town with the sheriff? No, I stayed at Walton's. Why? Because the sheriff asked me to stay there. We didn't find anything, but the sheriff figured if I hung around, somebody might show up, a call up, looking for a game. And I'd be able to get him some evidence then. Uh, anything else you want to know? No. I guess that lets Walt now. I'll take these things. Sure. Go ahead. See you tomorrow, Dunn. Number, please. Oak Hill, 243. Walton, done. Now get those people out and shut down. Why? What's wrong? That ranger's too smart. I tried to make things look good for myself, and, well, I guess I made them look too good. Well, how much does he know? All he's going to know. You just close down and stand pat until he wears himself out. The sheriff's body was dug up in the examiner's report sent on to Austin. Headquarters also had the exhibits I'd gotten from Dunn. By late afternoon of the next day, Captain Stinson telephoned me long distance. Got a complete report from the lab, Jace. Go ahead, Captain. You were right about the position of the body when the shots were fired. Autopsy report shows the organs were pierced in a manner that'd be possible only if the sheriff were bent over forward. Good. Anything else? Yeah. That shirt you sent up. 
Lab thinks Smithers was killed indoors. Why? Some lint stuck to the blood and held when it dried. Analysis indicates it comes from a fabric used in expensive carpeting. Violet color. Thanks, Captain. That may be enough to wind this up. Then you're convinced that Walton was running a gambling joint, Mr. Carlin. Was and is. I'd swear to it. But nobody's been able to prove it. You know how suckers are. They lose their shirts and keep their mouths shut. Think they're in on a smart thing and they help the racketeers to cover up. Then Walton must have been tipped off that he was being raided. Part of the racket. They pay off and get tipped off. You ever been in Walton's house? No. no. You know anybody who has been there? Well... No secret, the newspaper man gamble more than good for him. My linotype man plays horses, I know. Uh, uh, Pete. I'll be there in a minute. Howdy, Ranger. Howdy. Uh, Pete, you ever been in Lou Walton's place? Well, come on, I don't stall. Tell the Ranger, it's important. Well, oh, yeah, I've been there once or twice. I only want to know one thing. You notice any carpeting in the house? Carpeting? Oh, sure, the house is like a palace. Wall-to-wall carpet all over the place. What color? Well, it's a kind of a purple, I'd say. How about saying violet? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it's called. You got something, Ranger? Yeah. I'm going to wake up the nearest judge and get a search warrant for Walton. You better brush the dust off that headline you told me about. I think you're going to get a chance to use it. I was wondering when you get around to me, Ranger... Seems like everybody who wears a badge just loves to poke his nose into my life. I wouldn't worry about your nose, Walton. If you want to be smart, watch out for your mouth. <laughs> I didn't mean anything, Ranger. Just that a man ought to, well, ought to have a little privacy. And you love the death cells at Huntsville. They're real private. Well, I, I always cooperated. The constable, Jim Dunn, he'll tell you that. I bet he would. Mm, nice carpeting you got here. I like the color. Yeah. Yeah, I... Hey, let me get you a drink or something, Ranger. All good stuff. I don't have anything but the best. <laughs> you know the old saying, the best is none too good. Walton, <laughs> there's been a strong cleaning fluid used on a piece of this rug. And one spot faded just a little. Well, I, I spilled some wine. I had a party one night. The night the Sheriff Smithers was here last? No, no, before that. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. Nobody was here the night Smithers came. No. No, nobody. The, uh, the constable, he stayed. Stayed most of the night after the sheriff left. Yeah, so he told me. Uh, let me show you the rest of the house. Upstairs. No, thanks. I just want to look at the walls in this room. Sure pretty. You know, at Huntsville, they don't have pretty walls like these. Just cold concrete and steel bars. What do you keep talking about Huntsville? I'll tell you, since I stand up on this chair and... Rip off this new piece of wallpaper. No. They have no right to. Just looking for this small bullet hole papered over. Of course, you know that one bullet went right through the sheriff. The hole was repapered because a heavy picture fell. The nail made the hole. 38 caliber nail? I'm going to have this rug ripped up and sent to my lab, Walton. No cleaning fluid made will wipe out all of a blood trace. Even a drop is enough to hang you. I didn't do it, I tell you. Dunn shot him. Huh? It was done. Dunn shot him. Hold your wrists out. You'll never get those on me. You'd 
bet wrong this time, gambler. Now get up. I'm taking you in. I took him through town to the county jail, and I walked over to the constable's office, but Dunn wasn't there. I had to find him quick before he knew I had Walton. I headed back for the jail, and as I turned into the street, I saw something move in the shadows. There was another car, not far from mine, the constable's car, and Dunn was getting into it. my tires. Unit 10 to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Unit 10 convinced Constable Jim Dunn is subject sought in killing of Sheriff Smithers, Bradshaw County. Attempting getaway headed north on State Highway 19 from Bradshaw. Alert Highway Patrol and all units for complete roadblock of area. Order no further radio communication. Subject in Constable's marked car, equipped with shortwave receiver. We'll do, Unit 10. Unit 10's car out of commission. We'll attempt to commandeer another car for pursuit. Unit 10, 10 4. KDXA, Austin. Step out of the way, please. Step back. Come on, Charcoal. Let's hope Dunn heard that call. to gamble. The last part of my call had been a plant, a plant I wanted done to hear. He'd know he couldn't get more than 15 or 20 miles before he was blocked unless he took some back road, and I'd seen him take a north turn out of town toward the wagon road he'd dumped the sheriff's body on. It was 11 miles for him by car, two miles cross country for me. I raked charcoal all the way, reached the road, and rope dragged a couple of dead logs across it. We finished just in time. I heard the whine of a car coming over the rise in the rough road as the first glimmer of the headlights stabbed the darkness. I tied charcoal back in the trees and dropped in the brush to wait. It's the end of the road, Don. Don't tie back enough. Now you haven't got any tires. I'm giving you a chance to surrender, Don. You get your chances, Ranger. You missed, Don. Now I'm coming around the car to get you. You want to shoot it out? Let's go. Yeah. Wait a minute. Go, Ranger. You don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'll... Look, I'll, I'll drop my gun. You see? Green arm. Come here. Green arm. Neither was Smithers when you lifted his gun and killed him with it. Good thing for Texas all constables aren't like you. Come on. Walton's waiting for you at the jail. Looks like you'll be partners again at Huntsville. The following week, the headlines of the Bradshaw Times read, Sheriff Killers Caught. 
Though Jim Dunn protested his innocence, Lou Walton's confession and evidence submitted by the Rangers convinced the court of Dunn's guilt. Both were sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Tom Holland, Byron Kane, Peter Leeds, and Gene Bates. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Next, it's The Big Show. All this and Tallulah Bankhead, too, on NBC. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on facts. Names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Fugitive's Trail. It is approximately 11.30 on the night of January 21st, 1948. Mr. and Mrs. Ben Purvis are driving back to their ranch on the outskirts of Newby, Texas. The car, a small black sedan, finally swings off the main highway, turns into a long, narrow dirt road leading to the ranch buildings. Hmm, looks like we got company, Ben. There's a car parked in front of the house. Yeah, probably one of Arlene's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Look, I thought you told her we didn't like your fellas hanging around. Oh, now, Ben, he probably just stopped by to pick up and take her home. We told her we'd be back about this time. Well, just the same. Now, don't crap about Arlene. You know, babysitters are hard enough to get out here without... Well, I still think you could find somebody else. I was never sold on that girl. She's kind of wild and unpredictable. Oh. Never know what she's going to do. It's all right, Ben. Just stop worrying. Looks like Dave Fenton's car. Yeah, that is his car. Hey, you sit still, Ben. I'll open the garage doors. 
Thought he and Arlene split up. So did I. Must have patched things up again. You got the plants Mrs. Sutton gave you? Uh-huh, right here. What sort of flowers are they going to be? Yellow. Miss Sutton told me the name, but I forgot. They can look real nice alongside the house, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. You know, Ben, I, I'm kind of glad we went over to see Miss Sutton tonight. Yeah, she's a real nice old lady. Mm-hmm. Sure held up fine at the funeral this afternoon. It's going to be hot on her for a while, though, poor thing. After all, she and Mr. Sutton were married almost 40 years. Now he's gone. Yeah. Well, Doc warned him to slow down after that last attack he had. But no, he wouldn't hear of it. Oh, it sounds like our young'un's acting up. Well, he shouldn't be crying now if Arlene gave him his 10 o'clock bottle. He'd just like her to forget. Arlene, what? But Ben, she's not here. That's funny. Arlene! Probably in with the baby, Les. Hey, what's this? What's the matter? Look, chairs turned over and... What? Look, my good table lamp on the floor. Oh, Ben, look, it's broken. Hey, what the heck's been going on around here? Arlene? Here, honey, you take the lamp. I'm going in to see the baby. Arlene! There is that fool girl anyway. Baby all right, Helen? Uh-huh. All right. Uh, I'll be darned. Honey, come here a minute, will you? Is Arlene in here, Ben? No. Look at this. What? Baby's bottle, full. Here's a warming pan. She didn't give Miss feeding. Oh, I wonder where she is. I'm going to have a look out back. Doggone kid. Careful on the porch, dear. Better turn on the light. Okay. <gasps> Lord. Ben? Ben? Ben, what's the matter? What? Ben? Who is it? Young Dave Fenton. He's dead. On discovering the body of Dave Fenton, Ben Purvis immediately called the sheriff's office. The sheriff put out an all-points bulletin for the Rankin girl and requested aid from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned, arriving at the Purvis Ranch shortly after 4 a.m. There's the body, Jace. Blast caught him right behind the ear. Not very pretty, is it? Shotgun wounds never are. When this happened? Doc figures sometime between 9 and 10 o'clock last night. Uh-huh. Just a kid. 19. Worked at his pa's gas station in town. Seemed like a real nice boy, Jase. Real nice. Anybody touch this shotgun? Nope. Who's it belong to? Ben Purvis. Says he generally keeps it behind the kitchen door. It's babysitter Arlene. Uh... Arlene Rankin. Here's a description of her. I sent a man over to her house right after Purvis called me. Her pa said she hadn't come home. The man's still out there keeping an eye on the place in case she does show up. I don't think she will. Which one's Purvis? Over there by the fence, talking to the justice of the peace. Ben. Oh, Ben. Okay, Chef. Be right with you. If you want to talk to Mrs. Purvis, Jay, she's inside. Later, maybe. You want me, Sheriff? Yeah. Uh, ben, this here's Ranger Pearson. Jace, Ben Purvis. Howdy, Ranger. Howdy, Mr. Purvis. 
Sheriff tells me that you and your wife were out visiting when this happened. That's right. We were over at the Sutton place. What time did you leave the house here last night? Well, now, let me see. I drove over to Arlene's house around 6.30. I picked her up and brought her back here. Then the wife and I left. I guess that was around 7. You know if she was expecting this Fenton boy to drop in on her? Uh, no, no, I don't. Had he ever come around here before? Oh, sure, lots of times. He dropped by to take her home. Only he stopped coming around a couple of months ago. Why was that? Well, near as I can figure, she and Fenton must have had a falling out of some sort. Maybe she got tired of them. She had a lot of boyfriends, new ones, every time you turn around. I see. Who's the latest, do you know? No, it's pretty hard to keep up with her. A couple of weeks or so ago, it was Lenny Hayes. Well, was he supposed to come by last night? I wouldn't know there, Ranger. You usually take her home? That's right, whenever there's no fella here to pick her up. You know, Jace, I figure that Fenton here got sore because she threw him over. They had a fight. She killed him and beat him. Yeah, it could have happened that way. And it could have been the reason why she didn't take Fenton's car. She'd been spotted too easy. That girl. Ain't surprised she'd pull a stunt like this at all. Not this gun of yours, Mr. Purvis. You always keep it loaded? Uh, yes, sir, and it's usually sitting behind the kitchen door. Hmm. Did Arlene know it was there? I don't see how she could have missed noticing it, Ranger. I want to take this gun with me, Mr. Purvis. Have the lab men check the fingerprints. Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead. All right, Sheriff. I guess the J.P. can take charge of the body now. Let's get moving. Anybody in mind you want to see? Yeah. Some of Arlene's friends. We'll start with a boy she's been going with lately. This Lenny Hayes. He lives over the drugstore. Oh, but let's see. It's, it's after five now, Jace. He's probably on his way to work. Well, where's that? Auction barn. He's sort of a general handyman there. Tagging cattle. Herding him around the place. All right. Let's look him up. creeping over the horizon as we reached the auction barn. The sheriff and I mounted the stairs to the platform overlooking the pins below. You see Lenny Hayes anywhere, Sheriff? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there he is down there, coming along the runway. Lenny! Oh, Lenny! Yeah? Want to talk to you. Come on, Jake. Morning, Sheriff. Morning, Lenny. I figured you'd be coming around. Oh, you heard what's happened. Yeah. This is Ranger Jace Pearson, Lenny. He wants to ask you some questions. Sure. When did you see Arlene Rankin last, Lenny? Yesterday afternoon at the Sutton funeral. Everybody in town was there, I guess. You talked to her? For a few minutes. I asked her to go to the basketball game at the school gym. But she couldn't. She'd already promised to sit for the Purvis folks. I see. What happened between Arlene and Dave Fenton, do you know? They just busted up, that's all. How'd he take it? Well, he could be pretty nasty when things didn't go the way he wanted. He called her up a lot after that, wanted to patch things up, but Arlene wouldn't have any of it. He got good and sore a couple of times. You think Arlene was frightened by him? Well, sure, the guy was crazy jealous and never knew what he might do. I see. Uh, you have any idea where Arlene could be right now? Nope. Uh, no idea at all. All right, thanks. Uh, could I ask you something, Ranger? Yeah? Look, uh, if Arlene did kill Fenton, it, it could have been self-defense, couldn't it? Maybe. Suppose he'd come out there looking for trouble. Couldn't she have picked up the gun to scare him away, not meaning to pull the trigger? And the gun went off accidentally. Is that what you're driving at, Lenny? Sure, why not? Well, in that case, she shouldn't have run away. 
Well, yeah, that was a crazy thing to do, I guess. But look, uh, if she was to give herself up now, and if she could prove it was self-defense, an accident... Go on. Well, I mean, uh, things would go easier on her, wouldn't they? Has Arlene been in touch with you, Lenny? Has she? Listen, Ranger, I, I, I don't want to get in any trouble, but... You won't if you tell the truth. Well, this thing is getting me down. I, I want to get it off my mind. If I told you where she is, would you give her a break? I'm not a judge. Where is she? She phoned me last night from Covington, from the bus depot. Covington, huh? Yeah, she said she was in trouble. Wouldn't tell me what it was. She said she needed money, and... Well, I didn't have any. Not even enough to buy gas to drive over there. What'd you tell her? I told her I'd see if I could raise some, but... Well, she hung up on me. What time did she make this phone call? Around midnight, a few minutes before... I remember because I was listening to the radio and the station signed off while I was talking to her. There's a bus comes through here around 10.30 and it pulls into Covington a little before midnight, Jace. That's the one she probably took. Come on, Sheriff. Let's head for Covington. We spent the major part of the day combing the town of Covington. But there wasn't a single trace of Arlene Rankin. Late that afternoon, the Sheriff and I wound up at the bus depot. Got to talking to the woman behind the lunch counter... Well, let me see now. Girl about so high and blonde hair. Coming on the late bus, you say? Uh-huh. Mm, let me see. Youngster, was she? Seventeen. Say, that wouldn't be the ranking girl, Ranger. That's right. Heard about her on the radio this morning. Say, you mean she's here in Covington? We believe she was here last night. Land sakes, imagine that. Well, have you seen a girl answering her description, ma'am? Well, no. I... Wait a minute. Say, there was a girl, just like your description. You sure, ma'am? Mm-hmm. Last night, about closing time. I was throwing out the coffee when she come up and asked me for a glass of water. Girl about so high, real attractive. She act nervous or upset? She sure did. Oh, and say, she asked me where the Lowry place was at. That's Ned Lowry, owns a hardware store. Ned Lowry. Huh? Mm, that's right. Him and his wife live down the street, three blocks. Big White House on the corner. Want me to show you? No, thanks. We'll find it, ma'am. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be anybody at home, Jay. I'm pretty sure there is, Sheriff. I heard someone moving inside. Hey, you're right, Jace. There is somebody in there. I just saw the window curtains move. Reckon I ought to slip around back. And... Hold it. Yeah? Oh, Ranger. What is it? Afternoon, miss. We begin to think there wasn't anyone at home. Well, sorry if I kept you. I was taking a nap. I wasn't sure if I heard someone at the door or not. We're looking for a girl named Arlene Rankin. Arlene Rankin? Mm. Well, there's no one here by that name. Is that so? Uh, this is a Lowry resident. We know that, miss. Well, there are only three of us living here. My sister, her husband, and myself. You don't know Arlene Rankin? No. Should I? Here's her picture, miss. Ever see her before? See. No. No, I never saw her before. Your sister and her husband at home? No, I'm alone. Mind if we come in? Well, no, but... We just want to look around. Sounds like it's in this room, Jace. There's no one in there. It's just... We'll have a look anyway, miss. Huh. Window shutter, Jace. Wind's banging it against the house. It's broken. Kept me awake half the night. Look, if you tell me what this is all about... That suitcase over there on the chair, miss. Who does it belong to? Well, that's mine. Yours, then. 
Baggage tag here says Continental Trailways, Jace. That's all I got here by bus. What's that, miss? I arrived last night, just here visiting my sister. What time did your bus get in last night? Oh, it was around midnight. You talked to anyone at the depot? No, I don't think I did. Are you sure? Oh, wait, I did ask the woman at the lunch counter how to get here. I see. That lady back at the lunch counter sure has an imagination, Jace. Tell me, miss, did any other girl get off the bus when you did last night? No other girl. You positive? Yes, I think so. What do you make of that, Jace? Take a look at this photograph again, miss. You recall seeing this girl among the passengers? Well? No, I don't remember seeing her. Of course, the bus was crowded, and I really didn't pay much attention to the others on board. I see. Look, would you mind telling me what this is all about? No cause for you to worry, miss. Sorry we bothered you. Come on, Sheriff. There was no reason to doubt the word of the girl at the Lowry house. Arlene Rankin hadn't gotten off the bus at Covington the night before. The sheriff and I drove back to his office in Newby, and we had another talk with Lenny Hayes. But it's the truth, I tell you. Arlene did call me. She's not in Covington, Lenny. We're pretty sure of that. Well, maybe she went on. Don't see how she could have done that. All roads been blocked. You've been lying, haven't you, Lenny? No, no. You could have made up that story about the phone call from Covington just to throw us off the trail. No, I didn't. you got to believe me. We're willing to lay out you never received a phone call, Lenny, that Arlene wasn't even on that bus last night. She must have been. I'll get it, Jason. Sheriff's office. Yep, just a minute. Company B in Dallas calling you, Jason. Thanks, Sheriff. Hello. Yeah? You know, Lenny, you can save us a lot of trouble with that. What do you mean? Stop trying to cover up for Arlene. I'm not... You're trying to protect her by sending us on a wild goose chase. That's not true. Now, listen, Lenny, there's no sense in you... Hold it, Sheriff. Hmm? Looks like maybe we owe Lenny here an apology. Oh? That bus we figured Arlene wasn't on was being vacuumed in Dallas this afternoon, and a purse was found behind one of the seat cushions. A purse? What about it? Belonged to Arlene Rankin. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Now, we continue with tonight's case, Fugitive's Trail, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. Finding Arlene Rankin's purse on that bus indicated we'd been wrong about Lenny Hayes. Yet the girl we'd talked to in Covington had been positive that Arlene hadn't gotten off the bus there the night before. I put in a call to the Continental Trailways Company and found out that the driver of the bus was due back in Newby in an hour. We were waiting at the bus station when he came in. Nope, I don't think I can help you, Ranger. You know what the Rankin girl looks like? Yeah, saw a picture of in the Dallas paper this afternoon. You don't remember seeing her get off the bus anywhere along the line? Nope. Do you remember seeing her get on the bus here in Newby? <laughs> Look, I picked up quite a load here last night. A lot of high school kids, Ranger. Maybe this ranking gal was one of them. Maybe she wasn't. Didn't pay much attention. I just wanted to get rolling. You're in a hurry, were you? I was running behind schedule. See, ordinarily there's a five-minute wait here. One cup of coffee. Well, I had two. Oh. Basketball game. The high school gym went overtime, and, well, I... Didn't want to shove off. I knew most of the kids were counting on getting a bus. Wait a minute. You were late taking off? Oh, sure. Almost ten minutes. What time did you arrive at Covington? Well, with all those stops along the way, I, I lost another five minutes. 
Didn't pull into Covington till 12.50? 12.15? Yeah. Yes, Sheriff, yeah. All right, driver, thanks. Sure enough. Sorry I wasn't much help, Ranger. See you, Sheriff. Yeah. Kind of interesting, isn't it, Jace? If the bus didn't get to Covington until 12.15, how could Arlene have called Lenny from the bus depot there a few minutes before 12? Doesn't seem to add up, does it, Sheriff? Of course, Lenny might have got the time mixed up. I don't think so. He seemed pretty sure of it, you call. Yeah, that's right. He must have lied. We'll know about that for sure once we talk to the telephone company over at Covington. Back at the sheriff's office, I called the Covington phone company and asked them to check a call from the Covington bus station to Lenny's number in Newby. There was no record of any such call. The sheriff sent one of his deputies out to bring Lenny in, and we waited. Well, and it's just like we figured, Jace. The girl wasn't on the bus at all. Only, how do you account for the purse? It was found on the bus. A plant, Sheriff. Then he could have slipped aboard the bus last night, put it in there while the driver was in the cafe having coffee. Yeah. Yeah, he could have done that. Be mighty careless of a girl to forget her purse when she's trying to make a getaway, don't you think? A little too careless. I won't say that thought hasn't crossed my mind, Jace. And you know, Sheriff, something else bothers me. It seems like Lenny went to an awful lot of trouble trying to cover up for the girl. Well, any kid who's as crazy about a girl as he is by I know, him. but if he was really trying to shield her, he'd have done a lot better by keeping his mouth shut. He's been real cooperative. He's been working at it a little too hard. What are you driving at, Jason? Just a hunch, Sheriff. But if I can force Lenny into making a move, it might be in the wrong direction for him, but in the right direction for us. I... Yeah, hold it, Jason. Hello? Well, come on in, Lenny. Thanks, Charlie. Any news of Arlene? Not a sign of her yet. Well, Dallas is a pretty big place. The fact that her purse was found on the bus in Dallas doesn't necessarily mean she's there. She could have gotten off the bus anywhere along the line. Yeah, I guess so. Lenny, about this phone call you said you got. Still don't believe me, huh? Maybe you were mistaken. Maybe Arlene just told you she was calling from Covington. No, no, I heard the operator. She said it was Covington. I see. Well, we'll check with the phone company anyway, just to make sure. Check but... with the phone company? But Arlene called me from a pay phone. How can you check? Well, it doesn't make any difference. The phone company keeps a record of all long-distance calls. Didn't you know that? No. No, I didn't. Well, anyway, that isn't why I asked you to drop in, Lenny. We think you can help us. Mm-hmm. So what? We'd like you to talk to some of Arlene's friends. Maybe you can find out more than we have. Me? If you want to help us, don't you? You'd be helping Arlene. Well, sure, sure I want to help. Well, then get to her friends. Tell them if they know something, they better talk up. and get in a lot of trouble by withholding information. Yeah, I guess they can. Okay, that's all, Lenny. Let us know if you hear anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know, Ranger. <laughs> The sheriff and I waited a few moments after Lenny had left the office, and then we eased out into the street. We saw him get into his car halfway down the block and take off. In the darkness, we watched the taillight disappear toward the edge of town. We followed him. What's he up to, Jace? I don't know. That's the second time he's driven around the cemetery. Arlene wouldn't be hiding in there, would she? Look, he's turning onto the other highway now, heading south. Good. Maybe we can get a little closer, Jace. Lots more traffic on that road. He's speeding up. Suits me fine. At least we'll get to wherever we're going that much sooner. Yeah. 
quarter of an hour later, Lenny Hayes turned off the main highway into a narrow dirt road. I switched off my headlights and followed. We spent another 15 minutes trailing him as he cruised up and down the back roads like he was searching for something. And we wound up on the highway once more. When we reached the outskirts of Newby, he turned again, drove right into the cemetery, and stopped. Any sign of him, Jason? There's his car parked up ahead. Easy, easy now. Better stay here in the shadows. He might spot us in this moonlight. I'd sure like to know what the Samuel that kid's up to. Hold it. Yeah. There he is. Where, Jase? Over there, near the fence. What's he doing? He's digging. Say, wait a minute. Look at the flowers over there, Jase. Pushed over to one side. That's Harry Sutton's grave. What's he doing digging around there? Freshly turned ground, Sheriff. He's trying to hide something. He can do it quickly. Let's move up a little closer. Yeah. Here. This way around the hedge. Yeah. Move up behind his car. Stay down, Sheriff. What's he doing? Stop digging. He's coming this way to the car. Now what? Just open the trunk compartment. Let me take a look. Yeah. Now he's pulling something out of the trunk. It looks like even at this distance, there's no mistaking what he's dragging out of there. A body. I guess we can get him now, Sheriff. All right, Lenny. Stop where you are. Don't move. Huh? He's making a break for it, Jace. Let's go. This way, Jace. He's heading around back of the chapel. Hold it. Hold it, Sheriff. Where the blazes did he go? I don't know. Listen. Listen, do you hear anything? Nope. Hey, wait a minute. I thought I saw something move over there behind that tombstone. Let's take a look. Wait. Circle around that way. If he is there, let's see if we can maneuver him in position so he'll make a break for his car. I'll be waiting for him. All right. Careful, though. He may have a gun. All right. There he goes, Jay! Hold it, Lenny. I go, Lenny. Go! Simmer down now, boy. This is as far as you go. Let go I said simmer down. Okay, Reg. You all right, Jase? Yeah. Come on, let's go on back of the car and have a look at that body. Well, it's Arlene Rankin, all right, Jase. How about it, Lenny? You feel like talking? about fentanyl all the time, just using me to make him jealous. When did you find that out? <laughs> Last night when I, I sneaked over to the Purvis place, I saw them together. I went out of my head, I guess. So you went inside, got the gun, and shot fentanyl. Well, I didn't mean to do it. I just wanted to scare him. I didn't mean to. I suppose you didn't mean to kill Arlene, either. No, but I had to. I had to kill her to keep her from talking. You had the body in the trunk compartment here all this time? <laughs> Yeah. I waited too long last night trying to make up my mind what to do with it. Sheriff's men were all over the place looking for her. 
You thought you'd get away with making it look like Arlene had killed Fenton and run off. I almost did get away with it. Yeah, almost. Penitentiary's full of people who almost got away with it, too. Come on, let's go. For the brutal murders of Dave Fenton and Arlene Rankin, Lenny Hayes was sentenced to Huntsville Penitentiary for the rest of his life. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. One day last year, we received a card from a little girl who wanted to be a Texas Ranger. She said she didn't have a horse, but she did have a mule and could ride. We learned last week that this same little girl was stricken with a serious illness and has been in bed all summer. When she heard our first show a few weeks ago, she asked her father to help her write a poem and send it to us. We'd like to read it. R is for Ranger, stalwart and strong. A for his aim that never goes wrong. N for his nerve, calm, steady, and sharp. G for his gun, never misses the mark. E is for effort, endurance, and fight. And R for respect for the things that are right. Fanalu, that's a fine poem, and it's deeply appreciated. Honey, you're going to get well, because in spirit, you're a Texas Ranger. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Lillian Bias, Whitfield Connor, Parley Bear, Sam Edwards, and Marion Richmond. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Adrian Jendo. And the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keith. Hal Gibney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Sunday is your invitation to fine radio entertainment with the big show, Phil Harris and Alice Faye, and Theater Guild on the air. Yes, hear all three on NBC. Next, it's The Big Show on NBC.